This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The reason I'm prepared for this position is because I've been preparing for this all my life. Our goal is to compete and, and really put a fun team on the court that really gets after it. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. We're very talented. I mean, we can go out there and compete at a high level and give a lot of effort. We can be a good team. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What is up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your very next order. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian, covering the Rockets for ESPN 975 and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter, at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at LockedOnRockets, at ESPN 975 and at Apollo HOU. Today we have a mailbag episode, the first episode, or the first mailbag episode, I should say, of the season, because it feels like this is the first Monday that we've gotten to where there hasn't been uh, a game that we've got to uh, immediately talk about from over the weekend. And uh, obviously because the Rockets had, uh, unfortunately, the Mavericks game and the Pacers game both postponed due to the uh, crazy weather situations uh, here in Houston, uh, we don't have a game to talk about. So we did a mailbag, and thank you for submitting uh, many wonderful questions, and we will be getting to those in segments two and three. But first things first, want to kind of address some of the uh, immediate news with the Rockets, the big one, of course, coming out, uh, the the report immediately from Shams Sharania, who basically said that uh, the Rockets and Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, are planning on parting ways. And this coming right after the Rockets guaranteed uh, Cousins' contract, which they did not have to do, especially if they were considering moving on from Cousins, if they were planning on uh, separating the ties there. It's a very kind gesture by the organization. Um, and then Mark Berman later confirming that the Rockets uh, you know, made that made that move and guaranteed his contract because they appreciate Cousins' professionalism and how he's behaved in his time with the Rockets. And, hey, I do too. I mean, Cousins has been a great presence to have in that locker room. He's been uh, great to have from a veteran leadership standpoint for all these young rookies to to really kind of get the work ethic, work ethic in. And he was absolutely not here for the uh, the James Harden BS and drama at the start of the season, and he'll have my appreciation for that forever and always. But the the fit has been you know questionable at best. Um, I held out hope for a very long time that he would be able to kind of get things turned around to an extent, mainly because again the expectations with Cousins were never for him to be a full blown starter or you know to get back to his All Star form. Um, he had very different expectations than say John Wall did uh, coming back from this injury, and I really felt like if he could just put together a solid ten to fifteen minutes a night, he'd be a solid backup for Christian Wood. But there's just too many things that he's limited in doing on the basketball court. He his mobility is not where it needs to be. Um, defensively, the team is stuck in you know playing a playing a, a playing drop coverage essentially with with Cousins rather than being able to switch things around and being more aggressive defensively on offense. Really, the the only two things that he can do 
Uh, he can shoot from outside the arc, and he can pass. And pass that, it's it's really tough to watch him try and do anything else offensively, unfortunately. Can't roll, uh, can't move. His screens are okay, but then he can only pop after the screens. I mean, it's just tough. So, you know, the Rockets are at this point where they want to move on from Cousins. They want to play younger. They want to play faster. And Cousins kind of prevents them from doing that, unfortunately. So they will be moving on from Cousins. Uh, He has not gone anywhere yet. Uh, My belief is that he will probably continue to play for the Rockets until Christian Wood is ready to come back because, again, he has been very professional in nature. So they're going to hang on to him and maintain this relationship until Christian Wood is ready to step back into the starting lineup. And from that point, then I would imagine Cousins will probably become a, uh, a consistent DNP until he is either waived or traded. Uh, and that's the big question is whether or not they are going to waive him or trade him, uh, seeing as how there's a possibility that they might be able to get a little bit of value back for him in return down the line. And we're going to address some of that in some of these uh, mailbag questions because there's quite a few that have to do with that specifically. But I've got a few more uh, notes that I want to hit on. So we also got a report from Adrian Wojnarowski that the Rockets are interested in getting back a player. Um, not draft picks, not future draft compensation for P.J. Tucker, which plays into, again, some of our mailbag questions asking about P.J. Tucker and what the Rockets could get in return for him. Uh, And this makes sense. This kind of fits the mold of the team that doesn't want to tank right now. They have not officially become sellers yet. They have not gone into asset accumulation mode. They want a serviceable young player back in return for P.J. Tucker. Now, they're not going to get a franchise cornerstone for P.J. Tucker, but they want somebody back who they can conceivably plug into the lineup and continue to play without skipping a beat and without you know losing one of their consistent rotation players for just a future asset, which makes sense. Um, Now, past that, got a few others here. Another report that the Rockets are also uh, monitoring uh, free agents Dwayne Dedman and Ersan Ilyasova, and this coming from Kelly Eco of The Athletic. So the Rockets may be poised to make a move for one of those bigs as well, maybe uh, as soon as the DeMarcus Cousins' departure takes place, whether, again, it be they them waiving him or finding a trade partner for him, maybe we could see uh, Deadman or Ilyasova, you know, don a Rockets jersey in the not-so-distant future after that uh, transition takes place. So that's something to monitor as well. Um, Deadman, especially being a guy that uh, a lot of Rockets Twitter has thrown his name around a lot, I think he could be an interesting fit for this team. Can kind of provide the five out spacing, but give you know still a veteran presence and hopefully somebody that's a little bit more mobile than Demarcus Cousins in that backup five spot. Depending on how things look uh, with the new G League edition of Justin Patton, who again did uh, apparently impress Stephen Silas in practice. So, you know, maybe there's a maybe there's a high ceiling there for Patton that he could potentially reach as the new uh, backup 5 for the Rockets. Now, winding out this uh, or winding out wi- winding down this first segment, uh, I do want to bring up the fact that uh, James Harden continues to help Houstonians in need, um, going so far as to uh, call Houston his home. Um, so, you know, just a day after donating uh, you know, hundreds, uh, thousands of meals, in fact, uh, to Houstonians. Uh, basically, James Harden hit 
uh, hit the phone lines and was trying to source, you know, plumbers and, and repairmen to try and help Houstonians who had pipes burst and trying to help fix the situation. Um, he basically said, uh, I- I'm on phone calls literally every day, all day, trying to impact the city because they've shown me so much love and respect in the time that I was there. I call Houston home. It was devastating, obviously. It was probably worse than the hurricane because we don't know how many people were affected, not having electricity, not having power, and they aren't able to eat or be outside or whatever the case may be. Not only few, not only food, We're trying to feed as many people as we can, but a lot of water. Shout out to Body Armor, who's helping me with that. We're getting a lot of water shipped in this week for people, which I'll be posting. So appreciate James Harden for continuing to show the city that showed him so much love for eight years for him to turn around and, you know, share that same love. You know, I I genuinely believe that Harden still has a lot of love for the city of Houston. So I just wanted to point that out. And then not only that, but uh, newly acquired Rocket, uh, Victor Oladipo. Also uh, donated 500 meals to uh, the Sunnyside neighborhood. So, you know, there's been a lot of uh, push from Rockets players and ex-Rockets players to help out in this uh, really uh, catastrophic time for Houstonians. And then not only that, but uh, final note here, we... On our on our Locked On Rockets donation drive for the Houston Food Bank, we wound up raising a total of one thousand one hundred and thirty six dollars and sixty five cents. So, if you shared that post, if you donated yourself, thank you so much. I genuinely appreciate it, and it will go. It's it's already gone. It's already gone directly to the food bank. I've already uh, done the deposit. I'll post the uh, the pictures alongside this podcast whenever the twit whenever I send out the tweets for this show. Um, but thank you so much for your support for with that for for sharing it um that you know that that money in the grand scheme of things might not seem like a lot but it's going to make a difference to a lot of people who are you know struggling in, in this time of need so thank you for that and we've got to continue to to again help our brothers and sisters through this really really tough unprecedented time for Houstonians and and Texans alike so that's going to do it for this first segment, kind of you know wrapping things up there. But coming up, we've got our mailbag questions in segments two and three, and we're going to get there in just a quick moment after a message from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. And speaking of full swing, MLB is right around the corner as well. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. So head over to their website and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your promo code locked on on your very first deposit. So again, that's a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit using promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Did you know that you can get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our new Locked on Today podcast? Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's go ahead and we're going to dive straight into these mailbag questions because we've got a bunch of them. So let's go first from at Tug Shear. Uh, what do you think a Cousins-Tucker trade package could get in return? Um, 
So we, we, you know, kind of circling back to that first segment, we've already addressed the fact that the Rockets are looking to get back a young player. Um, they, they, they don't want to, you know, to just, I guess, become sellers and just target the future draft assets. Uh, names that were associated with P.J. Tucker specifically were the Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Milwaukee Bucks, and Brooklyn Nets uh, as some of the predominant teams interested in P.J. Tucker. Now, as far as uh, P.J. Tucker and DeMarcus Cousins, I don't think necessarily that um, they would ne- be shipped out together. Um I think that there's a couple situations where maybe there's a Victor Oladipo, PJ Tucker, and now a DeMarcus Cousins trade package uh, possibility to to a team like say maybe the Miami Heat, um, where they just include Cousins. But generally, I think that wherever Cousins go is Cousins goes is going to be a team that he wants to go to, um, and I don't necessarily know how much value he has by himself. Now I will say that. It may have been smart posturing by the Rockets to guarantee Cousins' contract for the remainder of the season because if they do waive him, he hits the waiver wire, and it's very it, another team could very easily claim him off of waivers um, before a team that like you know that would legitimately want him gets a chance to uh, to acquire him. So there's kind of a situation here where if there's a team out there that does really want Cousins, then maybe it, it was actually really smart of the Rockets to guarantee his contract and to put the word out there, potentially leaking the information from the Rockets' front office that they are interested in parting ways because it might actually drive up his value a little bit. Now, P.J. Tucker, again, he's a guy that you can ship out by himself because even though he's had a bit of a rough go of it so far this season, P.J. Tucker is a guy who uh, thrives and looks better on a contender when he's able to just play his role. So, you know, specifically out of that list of teams that Woj mentioned in his report, I am really interested in if the Rockets can somehow get Taylor Horton Tucker from the Lakers in exchange for P.J. Tucker. Um, I think that would be a phenomenal trade deal. Now, the, my only concern there is Taylor Horton Tucker only has this season under contract uh, with the Lakers, so he would be a free agent this summer. And I do have a little bit of concern there as to you know he's he's been a name that's you know had some buzz and excitement surrounding him across the entire NBA landscape. So you know when he becomes a free agent this summer, is he going to get paid? Is somebody going to throw the full MLE at him? Are the Rockets going to be able to retain him uh, if they acquire him? And so that's my one caveat there is I would love to see uh, a Tucker for Tucker trade, if you will. Uh, but I don't necessarily I, you know I'm a little worried about what that would look like this next this upcoming offseason. Now from at David Marin 19, what would it take to get Zach Levine to Houston? Um, this is one that we've obviously talked about uh here multiple times on Locked On Rockets. And you know, I think that the Bulls are in such an awkward spot. Um, you know, because is is Levine part of their part of their long-term future? He's balling out, he's having, you know, arguably an all-star season um right now. But as far as you know, turning that into results, I mean the Bulls are 13 and 16 right now. They're they're on the edge of making it to the playoffs, but is Zach Levine in their long-term future plans? And that's the that's really the big question. Um would they be willing to part with Zach Levine if the Rockets were to throw uh, a pair of future first-round draft picks, potentially uh, some of the future firsts from the Nets deal, right? Um, I think that there's maybe a situation where there's a three-team tra- three permutation out there that makes a lot of sense uh, between, say, 
the Rockets, the Bulls, and maybe the Miami Heat or the Denver Nuggets in some capacity teams that uh, would conceivably show a lot of interest in Victor Oladipo because Oladipo has no business going to Chicago. He just doesn't. So if the Rockets could flip Oladipo to a third team like the Heat or like the Denver Nuggets and then have assets both from Houston and from that team, the Nuggets or the Heat, be rerouted to Chicago, then I think there's a, a reasonable framework to be able to get Zach Levine uh, to come back to Houston. But it's all contingent on whether or not the Bulls view Zach Levine as their, you know, as part of their long-term future, or if they would like to, you know, essentially sell high on him right now to uh, kind of hit the reset. Because again, Zach Levine is about, I think he's 24, 25, I think. Um, so he's, you know, not old um he's around the christian wood age timeline but he's he's their main piece that they've got as far as you know wanting to uh build around and i don't know if they've shown uh an inclination yet to want to build exclusively around zach levine as if he's you know quote unquote their guy so uh i, th I think it's going to take a lot of draft capital um but i think the rockets with that uh that replenished draft capital chest from the Brooklyn Nets deal. Um, they have a package to offer that could be better than anybody else's in the NBA. It's about how much they're willing to offer to try and uh, pry him away from the Chicago Bulls, which, hey, I think that they absolutely should go for it. He's a certified bucket, and he would definitely help some of their offensive uh, offensive woes that they've had to this point in the season. Um, from at Leaker SR, who do you think the team will trade other than Cousins and PJ? Who do you want back? Um... We've already kind of dropped some of those names there. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, obviously. Zach Levine is an interesting one uh, as far as trade targets are concerned. Precious Achua is another one from the Miami Heat. Um, in addition to Michael Porter Jr. Uh, from the Denver Nuggets, these are some names that I would love to see in a Rockets jersey, and I don't think it's really that far-fetched to imagine that they could become Houston Rockets. Um as far as other, trading other, you know, guys other than Cousins and PJ, again, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Cousins gets traded. It's very possible that he does get waived. Um, I do genuinely think PJ Tucker is probably gone at the trade deadline. I would be shocked if he is still a rocket past that with no extension in place. Um, and then I think Victor Oladipo is probably going to get moved at the deadline. Uh, I'm pretty. I am fairly confident in that one. I would be, again, I'd be very shocked if the Rockets decide to go the route of holding on to Victor Oladipo and risk losing him for nothing this offseason, unfortunately. Now, again, we have talked about the fact that if they do hold on to Victor Oladipo and P.J. Tucker and let them both just expire, that would generate quite a bit of cap space that the Rockets could then conceivably throw at a free agent this summer. But that's not a guaranteed acquisition of talent unfortunately that's a you know you're you're hedging your bets or you're risking your bets uh you know by by thinking okay we're gonna have 25 plus million in cap space this summer and we're gonna throw that at a big name free agent but what if that free agent doesn't want to play in houston right then you've just essentially screwed yourself and lost two uh quality trade chips for absolutely nothing so definitely oladipo getting in, the, in you know on the trade block and then i think the other one and this is the the iffy one is Will they sell high on Eric Gordon? And that's the one that I genuinely don't know. Um, I think it would be the smart move to sell high on Eric Gordon because he might not ever, you know, be playing at this level again. And he's got, again, three more years on his contract, two of which are fully guaranteed. That final year, not fully guaranteed unless uh, they win a championship. So that's kind of nice. But 
I think that's going to be an interesting situation is whether or not they decide to move on from him and get back max a maximum return on an Eric Gordon deal. But definitely Cousins, uh, potentially trade or wave, P.J. Tucker and Victor Oladipo for sure. Um, now, last one for this segment from at Alex Bry 00178543. A lot of numbers. Um <laughs> We have, uh, if the Rockets truly want to go smaller and younger in the front court, who are some players that can fill that role and are realistic trade targets? Um, so I actually just mentioned uh, Preston Chua, and I think he's a really interesting guy, especially because I feel like the Miami Heat are really in a great spot. Um, well, actually, they're in a really crappy spot right now because they're playing like crap. Uh, but they're in a in a tough spot where they really need uh, to they need a jolt. They need something to try and help them if they want to get back to the you know get back to the playoffs this season. If they want to make some noise, and I think they're very very strong contenders for a Victor Oladipo trade. So in that regard, I think it's outrageous probably to uh, think that the Rockets could get back Tyler Harrow again. The Miami Heat are very high on Tyler Harrow, and you know consider him a part of their long term future alongside Bam Adebayo and. and you know, the other younger players that they have. But Precious Achua, even though he's their first-round draft pick from this last season, and he's got, you know, a lot of, a very high ceiling himself, I think that they could potentially get Achua back in a trade deal when you're considering the fact that you could potentially make a package surrounding P.J. Tucker, Victor Oladipo, and all the Miami Heat would have to give up is Kelly Olenek and Myers Leonard for salary filler purposes and then throwing in Precious Achua. And I would love for the Rockets to walk away with Precious rather than nothing for P.J. Tucker and um, Victor Oladipo. I would consider that an absolute win. Because Preston Achua is athletic, he's very, um, he's very like Montrez Harrell, Kenneth Fareed esque. Um, very explosive offensively, can kind of play small ball five, um, and or reasonably you could line him up next to Christian Wood in certain lineups because he's you know he's not like Demarcus Cousins. He's athletic, he's quick on his feet, he's a good defender. You could put him next to Christian Wood in certain lineups, and it doesn't really matter who's the four, who's the five, because you're still able to play five out spacing, and you'd be able to you know in that type of a dynamic, you'd be able to put Christian Wood you know in the corner or in the slot as a three point shooter and run some pick and roll with Precious Achua and have Christian Wood just spot up for some wide open threes so it would be really interesting all the different ways that they could make a front court lineup of wood and achua work um and then also that just means more minutes for guys like jay sean tate for david nwaba um maybe unfortunately for daniel house jr who's been in a bit of a rut so far this season um but it really does kind of unlock and provide you know more athleticism. Talon Horton Tucker kind of fits the same bill. Uh, young, athletic, lengthy um, would definitely be a a much needed acquisition or a much uh, a much improved acquisition for this team who wants to play faster and smaller. Um, I don't necessarily mean, think it means they're going to. It's tough because I don't think they're actively wanting to quote unquote play small all the time. I think they want to do it in bursts throughout the game. So basically, when Christian Wood sits, I think they'd like to be able to play small for five to six minutes at a time in these games because small ball has been proven to be effective, but really only when they're using it in these short bursts. Because when you're 
kind of hamstrung into using it for elongated periods of the game or you can't close out a game with a big because you have to run small ball situations like that they've been show we've been shown to see some lapses unfortunately speaking of the uh the Miami Heat loss where the Rockets just couldn't secure uh, either of the defensive rebounds after defending on those quality possessions at the end of the game, that's a tough loss to stomach because if they had had Christian Wood, he would have been in there for that final possession, but because they didn't have Christian Wood, they had to elect to play small ball because they didn't want the chance to give up an easy bucket due to having DeMarcus Cousins out there and his defensive liabilities. So it's tough. It's a tough balancing act, um, but I think that their their quote for wanting to go smaller and younger is more so about... Um, just getting guys who are ready to play at a much faster pace and who can get out and transition quite a bit more than what we've seen out of the Rockets uh, to this point. So coming up, we've got the rest of our mailbag questions, um, and we'll get there in just one moment after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Let's talk protein bars here for a second, okay? So when's the last time that you had a protein bar that you actually enjoyed, right? It wasn't gritty, it wasn't chalky, it was flavorful, it tasted like a candy bar. If the answer is never, then you need to check out Built Bar. They've got so many amazing flavors. I'm really partial now to the uh, coconut brownie chunk. That's my new favorite Built Bar. It's so good, but my old favorite, the double chocolate, can't go wrong with it. They've got so many good ones. Raspberry, German chocolate, lemon almond cheesecake, cookies and cream. You just really can't go wrong with any of the flavors on their entire menu. And the thing about these bars, right, is they're not traditional protein bars. They're essentially candy bars that are jam-packed with protein. They're soft. They're easy to chew. The The bars are covered in one 100% delicious chocolate. They're low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing for a keto diet. They're great whether you're trying to lose weight, maintain weight where you're at. They're great as like a quick little like meal replacement. You're running late, running out the door. That's how I eat them sometimes. And you can check it out. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you'll get 20% off your very next order. So again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you are betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Now, these, uh, this final set of mailbag questions, just continuing right along here from at George LUFC. Um, how many of the current roster do you think will be here come opening day game of next season? Ooh, I, I love this question. Um, so I think there's a few locks to be here, absolutely. And I think the, the few that are absolute guarantees to be here are Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate, and Kevin Porter Jr., I think those are the only three absolute guaranteed locks. Um, I think past that, a strong, you know, the the guys who are strong contenders to still be here at the start of next season, uh, I would venture to say John Wall, uh, KJ Martin Jr. And I'm actually going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say David Nwaba. I think that David Nwaba, while he he's a little bit older than that core of young guys for this Rockets team, I think that he has shown just an excellent you know role for himself on this rockets bench um he's really energized and you know charged up that bench unit and i think that if the rockets are you know uh, if they're content to you know pay the man or whatever he, whatever he's going to be looking for uh this offseason which the rockets do have his uh 
uh, early, not, not, what is it? Early bird. Yeah. Early bird rights on him. Uh, not, not full blown bird rights, but the early, early bird exception, I believe, cause they've had him, uh, under contract now for two years, two seasons. Um, so with that, um, I think that he would be a strong contender to stay because he's been a really big part of some of those, you know, really impressive bench performances that we've seen. He's got a great fit and great feel of the game. He's really just phenomenal at a lot of different aspects of the game. It's it's just shooting is the one area that I would love to see him continue to improve in. And maybe if, you know, he gets another another offseason to to train up and really work on his shot, potentially he can get it to a point where it's, you know, around that 34, 35% mark, but he's a great slasher. He's a great finisher. He finishes through contact. He's a phenomenally great rebounder, just a sneaky good rebounder. Um, phenomenal defender. There's just so many different things that Nwaba is great at. I would love to see him here for the long term, and I think he is a a sneaky contender for actually being on this Rockets team next season as well. Past that, I think that everybody else is fair game. Um, I think that everybody else on this roster, from Eric Gordon to, you know, obviously P.J. Tucker and Victor Oladipo, who we've spoken about at length, um, it's hard to see a, a lot of those guys being back next season in a Rockets jersey because, again, it would just make a lot of sense to sell high on Eric Gordon, uh, whether it be this at this trade deadline or later this summer. Um, and then the rest of the roster, you know, Daniel House Jr. has had kind of a subpar year. Um, maybe they include him as a trade sweetener somewhere or just for salary matching purposes somehow. Um, but yeah, I think those are my those are my guaranteed three and then John Wall and David Nwaba kind of my my extras on top of that and, and KJ Martin Jr. as well. Um, so I've got a, a you know kind of a, a six six player lineup that I think uh, has a really strong chance to, to be here uh, next season. Let's go next. Uh, we've got at young underscore Edo. Uh, the Rockets want a smaller slash younger front court. Do you think we'll see Tate at the five? Um, yeah, I mean, we've already seen stretches with Jay Sean Tate at the five. Call it the Tate wagon lineup, right? Um, I think situationally, you know, especially if they move on from P.J. Tucker, we've already seen out of Jay Sean Tate an ability and a willingness to um, guard and play against those bigger players. Um, but it's about... Again, it's about whether or not the Rockets can create enough of an inherent advantage by playing small. How often are they going to do it? Are they going to do it in short bursts? Um, it's best if they do it in short bursts because, again, you take away having your role man, um, but it seems like they're potentially confident in what this team could look like by playing small for certain stretches throughout the game. So absolutely, um, Tate at the 5 is going to be a thing. I genuinely think that um, depending on who they pull back from any potential trade deals at the deadline, I think Tate is almost your... Uh, you're starting small or starting, you know, power forward moving forward. He kind of fits the PJ Tucker mold. I don't think he's your long-term fit at the four spot. I'd rather have somebody with a bit more length in that position, somebody with a bit more height to complement uh, Christian Wood in the in the rest of the front court. Because um, as we've seen for a few years now, having uh, only one player with any amount of size on the team is kind of uh, detrimental. Unfortunately, we saw that for a couple of years with Clint Capella and PJ Tucker holding down the four or five spots. Um, I would much rather see Jay Sean Tate as the small forward of the future for this team than as the power forward. But in the short term, depending on the moves that they make at the deadline, Tate can absolutely hold down the fort at the four spot um, if they bring in somebody else who would slot in to the starting, you know, to the starting three spot. Or, um, you know, the other thing is, is it is kind of interchangeable. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter who's the three, who's the four. It's just about having 
another guy out there that isn't another 6'4", 6'5", wing like Jay Shante, like David Nwaba, like Sterling Brown, guys like that, right? You need somebody else, ideally, with a bit of length, you know, a more traditional forward size, somewhere around that 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", mark would be incredible to put alongside Christian Wood um, just to have some length to help with the defense, uh, a a lot of different reasons to want somebody uh, that's a bit bigger than Jay Shantate at that four spot. Um, from at the Electrifying 2, what would a great trade package be for PJ Tucker? Um, so something we've already kind of uh, tackled a little bit with those previous questions, but at this point, um, I, you know, I was content previously with if the Rockets were going to deal PJ Tucker, just trying to get back a future first round draft pick. Um, but it obviously seems like the team is not going in that direction. They'd rather get a young player back for PJ Tucker. So I think you really have to look at that situation again, like at the LA Lakers, like the Miami Heat, um, as potential destinations for him. And, you know, some people might be asking themselves, well, why would those teams, you know, be willing to give up anything of value for P.J. Tucker, you know, who's only got a few months left on his contract and, you know, could be a free agent this summer? Um, well, one, I mean, any any contender who is, you know, really making a push for a title this season, um, I say contender and, you know, the Miami Heat have a record similar to the Rockets, but um, they were in the finals last season, so got to give them some credit. Um, but any team that's looking to make a, a finals push, um, would love to have a P.J. Tucker on their team, right? He's the kind of guy who does the dirty work. He does the stuff that nobody else wants to do. He guards the opposing best players. Um, he is a phenomenal gift to be able to have on a championship contender. And contenders consistently are willing to mortgage assets and young players, whether they be future draft assets or potential young players, um, to give themselves a just even if it's a a bit of a better shot in the here and now to win a title, it's it's that adage, you know, it's that that idea, that philosophy of consistently putting your chips all on the table, going all in repeatedly to try and win a title. And hey, guess what? We saw that for years here with the Rockets, right? How many future firsts did Daryl Morey continue to trade away? How many young players um, were were moved in deals to either? Uh, unfortunately, at times, offload salary, but to also improve the team in the here and now. So there, there's absolutely a scenario where the Lakers would be willing to give up Taylor Horton Tucker for P.J. Tucker or where the Miami Heat would be willing to give up Precious Achua in a trade deal surrounding Victor Oladipo and P.J. Tucker because it increases their odds to win at the highest level right now and in the next couple of years. Um, much better than banking on the potential of a young player to pan out and be somebody who can contribute to a winning environment down the line. It'd be different if Precious was, you know, a a you know crazy contributor right now for this Miami Heat team. But you can't concede. You can't reasonably argue that the combination of PJ Tucker and Victor Oladipo is not better than the production that they're currently getting out of Kelly Olynyk and. Precious Achua. It's just not. Those two guys would be an absolute, uh, you know, step up for the Miami Heat. And then same thing for the LA Lakers. Taylor Horton Tucker has shown flashes, absolutely. But getting P.J. Tucker in there, a guy who absolutely knows his role and knows exactly what he needs to do to help a championship contender win games, that's so much more important to the Lakers right now than the potential future of Taylor Horton Tucker. So for our uh, our final question from at Rockets up next, um, do you really see a future where Devin Booker goes to Houston? If so, why? <laughs> so, you know, and I still firmly believe that Devin Booker is going to be uh, one of the next star players to uh, you know be 
uh, disgruntled and ask out from Phoenix. And and my reasoning behind it uh, that I've uh, explained before on this show, but I'll go ahead and do it again, is just Phoenix is in a very precarious situation right now where they have this very short two-year window with Chris Paul. And if they don't accomplish something significant, and I'm thinking significant as far as like Western Conference Finals at a minimum, I think. If they don't get to at least that point, it's tough to see Chris Paul staying um, after his contract is over. I firmly believe Paul is going to go ring chasing if he doesn't win a ring somehow with Phoenix in these next two years. And the step down that the Suns are going to take by losing Chris Paul for essentially nothing, because I I can't see them... It, you know, in, And the, the only caveat I will give to this is if they somehow flip Chris Paul in the last year of his deal and make some type of a splashy acquisition and bring in another big name to pair up with Devin Booker by, you know, you know, trading away future draft assets or something like that. That's how the Suns could salvage this situation. I say salvage. That's how they can remedy this potential situation. But if they let Chris Paul walk for nothing, then the Suns have been in this position where they've been uh, too competitive to get you know, to get high draft picks and continue building a young core around Devin Booker. They've got Jay Crowder, who's locked into a four-year deal and will still have two more years on, on said deal when Chris Paul departs, and he'll be 32, 33 years old at that point, I think. Um, they've, you know, they 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 won't have money to sign a max free agent um, because they'll be capped out due to uh, the max extension for DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker's max contract. And they just, they won't have money to sign a, a notable free agent. Um, Bridges has been playing great, but is he, is he third best player on a cha- on a future championship team? Great. Maybe. Um, I just kind of see all the pieces lining up to where the Suns are going to be in an awkward spot where they're going to regress. They're going to take a step back when when Christopher Emmanuel Paul eventually leaves. And when that happens, I could easily see that first season without Paul. I could see Devin Booker getting very frustrated in the step back that the Suns take. And then by the trade deadline or potentially maybe later that summer... Um, requesting for a trade if the Suns aren't able to uh, kind of right the ship and make that, you know, and and put the franchise back on track in, you know, kind of, uh, you know, generating some uh, a, a winning atmosphere again, I guess, because they basically pushed all their chips in by going after Chris Paul. And so if they don't do something again of significance in these next two years, then they're immediately going to take a step down once they lose Chris Paul. And then they will have kind of mortgaged two years of playing poorly and acquiring more young talent to surround Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton just for a two-year window to try and compete with an aging Chris Paul. So again, I think they're just in a very precarious situation, and I think that Booker um, could absolutely be that next disgruntled star. And depending on what the Rockets have or haven't done with all of the uh, with all the Brooklyn Nets draft picks at that point, then they could very easily be the team that is primed and ready to throw a monster haul at Devin Booker and make him a future Houston Rocket. So that's my logic there. That's my reasoning um, for why I think that he could potentially be a rocket further down the line. Um, And yeah, so that's going to do it. 
But I think that 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 covers all of our mailbag questions for this episode. So that's going to do it for today's show. As always, thank you so much for your submissions. Thank you for your questions. It's always great to be able to interact and um, kind of see where your thoughts are at and then hopefully um, answer those questions and provide some insight, at least on my end of what I think the team should be doing. But as always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.